Before we begin our study tonight, let's pray together. Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam Asher Kidshenu B'Mitzvotav Etzivanu La'asok B'Divrei Torah Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who sanctifies us with his commands and commands us to engross ourselves in the words of Torah. Amen. During the high holidays, we examine ourselves, hopefully, with honesty and with humility. It's a time to acknowledge our sins and failures to the Lord. It may be the one time of the year, in fact, when almost the entire Jewish world talks about sin and repentance. During this time, some people say to themselves, I I'm not good enough for God to love me. And they think that they must become good enough first, and then God will love them. It's a real trap because none of us can ever be quite good enough. There is a different way of thinking, and it says, I will start loving God even though I have my imperfections and my sins now, and he will help me grow in my love. I personally favor the second way of thinking for several reasons. First, it reflects the reality that God loved me before I loved him. And second, it protects me from the snare that I somehow must earn God's love by being good enough. Third, it is consistent with the teachings of Moses and Yeshua, the prophets and the apostles. And fourth, it encourages me to keep growing and learning to love more. I want to share some scriptures that can help empower you and your understanding about how to think about all of this. 1 John chapter 4, verse 10 says this, And love consists in this, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And then it goes on in verse 19, 1 John 4, verse 19, we love because he first loved us. Paul writes to the Romans, much the same, Romans chapter 5, verse 8, he says this, God proves his love for us in this, while we were still sinners, Messiah died for us. And so this is what you can recognize, that even when you lived without any faith, Messiah loved you. He died so that you would have an atoning sacrifice for your sins. And he did this before you knew him, before you believed in him, before you were even born. We don't try to earn his love because he's already proved his love to us. His faithful covenant love empowers us to love and to love more. God's love gives us a perfect example of how to love, and his love shows us the way to love. His love touches our hearts. His love changes our hearts. God himself can circumcise our hearts, as Moses taught in Deuteronomy 30, verse 6. Then Adonai, your God, will circumcise your hearts and the hearts of your children so that, so that you will love Adonai, your God, with all your heart, with all your being, and thus you will live. 
So God will do something that will change our hearts, that will also enable our hearts to love him even more. Isaiah echoes the way this all works. Isaiah 57 verse 15 says this, this is what the high and exalted one says. That's a great description of the Lord, the high and exalted one. He is high and he is exalted. He says, he who lives forever, whose name is holy says, I live in a high and holy place, but also I live with the one who is contrite and lowly in spirit, in order to revive the spirit of the lowly and to revive the heart of the contrite. King David put it this way in Psalm 51 verse 17, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. As a follower of Yeshua, I take to heart his words to love in the way that he loves us. Yeshua said, if you love one another as I have loved you, then all will know you are my disciples. His love, Yeshua's love, God's own love becomes our pattern and it also becomes our standard. It's a very high standard, one indeed, that we can aim towards all of our lives and we may never we not may, we will never attain to that standard perfectly, but we will keep aiming there and we will want to keep aiming there because our hearts have been changed by the love of God and the sacrifice of God. So it's with much gratitude and with a lot of confidence that I want to speak to you tonight about God's love towards you. God's covenant of love binds us to him and gives us the framework for the life of faith. God's covenant of love is a powerful and dynamic covenant. It reaches all the way back to Abraham, the father of faith and the father of the Jewish people of Isaac, Jacob. He's the father of Israel. And thus we can say he is the father of the Jewish people. God's covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob kept the children of Israel so many times in the past during the difficult journey out of slavery in Egypt, through the 40 years in the wilderness, and then into the land that was promised first to Abraham and then to the children of Israel. The covenant reaches forward to all those future generations of Israel, the Jewish people descended from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and it keeps reaching forward to those who have not yet been born. That's amazing. It's not only a covenant of ancient history, it's a covenant that reaches into the future. God's covenant with Israel is big enough to include people from other nations also who have decided to go with God and with the Jewish people. The God of Israel is the God of the whole earth and all who dwell on this planet. God's covenant with Israel reaches even beyond the land of Israel and the people Israel. The prophet Malachi put it succinctly, great is the Lord even beyond the borders of Israel. 
God's covenant will reach even further, touching the whole world, because it is the will of God that through Messiah, no one would perish and everyone would experience his salvation. That is the will of God. Now, what's necessary is for us to be wholehearted in embracing the will of God. The covenant that God makes is a binding relationship with commitments, with responsibilities, and with benefits. And it brings together the law of God and the love of God. This week's Torah portion speaks about the amazing reach of God's covenantal mercy. It touches the children of Israel, young and old, men and women, elders and officers, both those who were born into Jewish families and those who were not born into Jewish families, but who joined themselves willingly and wholeheartedly to the God of Israel and the people of Israel. Moses expresses the purpose of this covenantal gathering. It's a covenantal purpose that's spoken of in this week's Torah portion. A covenantal purpose that will produce a benefit of stability in each person's life of faith and faithfulness. I want to read to you and make comments as we're reading from Deuteronomy chapter 29, verses 10 through 15. So starting in verse 10, it says this, all of you who stand today before the Lord your God, your leaders and your tribes and your elders and your officers, all the men of Israel, your little ones and your wives, also the foreigner who is in your camp, from the one who cuts your wood to the one who draws your water. So that, this is verse 12, so that you may enter into covenant with the Lord your God and into his oath, which the Lord your God makes with you today so that, verse 13, so that he may establish you. That's a word I want you to, to emphasize for yourself if you're taking notes. Establish, so that he may establish you today as a people for himself and that he may be God to you. So let's take note of this. Here's the purpose, Moses says. The Lord wants to establish you today as a people for himself. That's the benefit for us. The Lord wants to establish, to make solid. It says in Hebrew, Lema'an Hakim, for the sake of establishing or raising you up to stabilize you so that you can stand and remain standing. So you will be his people, not just individuals, but a people together. And so that he may be God to you. No one else will be your God, nothing else, but you will have one single highest loyalty and love, just as the Lord has spoken. He will be your highest loyalty and love, and all your other loyalties and love will be connected and reflect that one great love. And it goes on, and it says that he will do this just as he has spoken to you and just as he has sworn to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. To your fathers. Well, what about those who were not born into Jewish families but are now entering into this covenant? Yes, they become part of the greater family of Israel. Verse 14, the Lord says, I make this covenant and this oath not with you alone, 
but with him who stands here with us today before the Lord our God, as well as with the one who is not here with us today. And so it's talking about the promise God made in the past, those who are connected to that promise, those who are there at that time, and those who will yet come. Now, I look back at this, and I see this is the history of my people. It's my history, too. But it's our history. And it can be your history, too. And it's also our future, the future for our families, for our children, for our children's children. It does require a commitment to the God of Israel, to the Messiah of Israel, and to the people of Israel. And it's a wholehearted commitment because our God is a jealous God for his people. One God, one Lord. Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad. Hero Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Ve'ahavta et Adonai Elohecha b'chol levavcha u'v'chol nafshecha. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. So Yeshua taught that the Shema and the Ve'ahavta, that teach us that the Lord is our God, the Lord is one, he is Echad, and that we are to be wholehearted in our love for him with all our heart, all our soul, all our strength. He taught that this is the greatest commandment. Now, Moses continues in Deuteronomy 29, verses 17 through 20, and I want to read that to you. So let there not be among you a man, a woman, a family, or a tribe whose heart turns away today from Adonai, our God, to go and serve the gods of those other nations. Let there not be among you a root bearing such bitter poison and wormwood. If there is such a person, when he hears the words of this curse, he will bless himself secretly and say to himself, I'll be all right, even though I will stubbornly keep doing whatever I feel like doing. Well, this raises a question, why this point? And, and I want to just explain it in simple terms. It's because the covenant requires that we recognize God's singular commanding authority and his goodness and his love. We can't be stubborn and do whatever we feel like. He is the Lord. The blessings of the covenant come to those who open their hearts to him to do what he says. And that's why it's good for us to learn during the season to pray the way that Yeshua taught us in Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 9. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And then Yeshua continued with these words, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father 
will also forgive you. Verse 15 goes on, but if you don't forgive others their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. So sins that people commit against us, we have to have a generous heart. It is a challenge sometimes, but we have to have forgiveness. Now that doesn't mean that we will trust everybody we forgive or that we'll be in perfect relationship with everybody because it's important that we walk through restoration if it's possible and to follow Yeshua's example. As we approach the new year, we wanna be prepared to give an account to our Lord and King, our Redeemer and our Savior. Let's come before him with clean hands and clean hearts, having forgiven others, even as God has forgiven us. That is one of the best ways to prepare for the high holidays. Today, your heart may be telling you that now is the time to go all in, to put everything you have into this life of faith. And I want to encourage you, if this is happening for you, make today an important moment in your life while your heart and your mind are both clear and stirred and tell the Lord that you have decided to follow him and tell a friend. And also, if you would, please tell me too. I want to encourage you to thank the Lord for new beginnings, for a clean slate and a blessed life in God for all who turn to the Lord and accept the love of God the mercy of God, and the covenant that God makes with us through Messiah Yeshua. Isaiah chapter 63 is part of the prophetic scriptures that we read in the Haftorah this Shabbat. Starting in verse 7, it says, I will recall the loving kindness of the Lord and the praises of Adonai. Because of all that Adonai has granted us and his great goodness to, this is interesting, to Beit Israel, to the house of Israel, to Beth Israel, which he bestowed on them in keeping with his mercy. I think one of the reasons why we're named Beth Israel Messianic Synagogue is because we know of the great mercies and the great goodness that God has expressed to Beit Yisrael, the house of Israel, which he bestowed on them in keeping with his mercy in keeping with the greatness of his compassion. For he said, they are indeed my people, children who are not disloyal. And so he became their savior. In all their troubles, he was troubled. And then the angel of his presence saved them. In his love and compassionate empathy, he redeemed them. What a great scripture. I will recall the loving kindness of the Lord. Isaiah 63, verses 7 through 9. Mishpocha, as we're preparing for Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, let's remember that Isaiah prophesied about God's salvation, his promises to redeem Israel and to join together the Jewish people of faith and the people of faith from all the nations. Let's be strong in this calling. Please join me as we pray. Thank you, Lord, for your covenant of love 
and mercy. Thank you for the faithfulness that you have demonstrated to us, to the Jewish people, and to the nations of the world. Thank you that you proved your love to us by the death and resurrection of Messiah Yeshua, who died so that we would have a sacrifice that atones for our sins. Thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. Thank you for your forgiveness, Lord. We want to live for you all the days of our lives. We pray this in Yeshua's name. Amen. In a moment, we'll be closing with Aaron's blessing and then a final worship song. Let me invite you again to join us on Sunday evening at 7.30 p.m. for Arab Rosh Hashanah services in the Beth Israel Messianic Synagogue Sanctuary. Join us for a time of joy, of worship, and also to hear the blowing of the shofar. Hope you can be with us in person. That would mean so much to us. But also, you can join us by live stream. And I want to ask you, as we close, would you consider standing with us financially if this live stream blesses you, if our Messianic Jewish Teachings podcast blesses you, or if any of our sanctuary services or, or other synagogue services are a blessing to you, would you consider blessing our ministry? All the information can be found at BethIsraelNow.com slash giving. Let's close now with Aaron's blessing. Yivarechecha Adonai v'yishmarecha Ye'er Adonai panavelecha v'yichunecha Yisa Adonai panavelecha v'yasamlecha Shalom. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you and protect you. May the Lord cause the light of his face to brightly shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his face to you and give you his peace. In the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Peace. Amen.